Hi, this is Nicole Roberts-Jones, and welcome to the Faith, Purpose, Profit, what I like to call the FPP podcast. What I know for sure is that one of life's greatest gifts will meet you when you go after living as the highest and best version of who God created you to be. So here's where I share thought-provoking insight and behind-the-curtain conversations that will activate you into your next level. See, I'm not here for who you already are, but for who you have not yet become. And I want you to get this. One idea from these episodes can make a remarkable difference, not just in your purpose-focused business, but in your life. Also, make sure you join the conversation in our Facebook group. Go to thebrilliancetribe.com. Now grab your pen as we begin today's session of the Faith Purpose Profit Podcast. Hey, hey, hey. So I am taking a little break. I will be back with our next series starting on Monday, October 10th. So in the meantime, I thought I'd play one of our favorite episodes. So listen in to this episode. We started a series a few weeks ago. This is the last part of a four-part series where I'm really walking through the elements of what I call my brilliance framework. And it's a four-part strategy that you need to live in alignment with your assignment and get paid for it. Just a little review before we get into part four of the brain's framework. So part one, we talked about your passion. What do you absolutely love? And then part two was what are you proficient in? What's your proficiency? What are you really great at? By the way, those two have to correlate for it to be your purpose. If you're passionate and you're not good at it or you're good at it and you don't love it, it's not your purpose. Point blank, period. Then last week, we talked about the third step, which is what problem do you solve? Because ultimately, what you do is not about you. So that leads us to the conversation everybody wants, right? It's how do you profit? So our conversation for tonight is your prop is your purpose is to profit. I was going to say it backwards. Your purpose is to profit. Here's our foundational Bible verses. Jeremiah, Jeremiah 29, 11, that says, for I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord plans to prosper you and not to harm you plans to give you hope and a future. Notice he says plans to prosper you first. Now, look, I looked up the definition for the word prosper. Y'all know how I do, right? Especially those of you that are here week after week. Prosper means to succeed in an enterprise or activity, especially to achieve economic success. So you've got to realize that God put you here on purpose. There are people assigned to you. That's what we talked about up until this point. And when you get in alignment with your assignment, God's gift back to you is that you profit. John 10, 10 says, and Jesus said this, I've come that you have life and have it more abundantly. So there's abundance attached to your purpose. And yes, it's abundance in money. It's abundance in health. It's abundance in relationships. It's abundance in mental mentality. It's abundance in every area of your life. God wants you to live abundantly. But here's the thing I know that we all get caught up on, and especially uh, black in the black church now, a lot of Christians, I shouldn't just say black Christians in the church, we get caught up on this whole money conversation. And I really want you to understand this, y'all, because so many people and money is the root of all evil. Yes, says it in the Bible. But when you focus on money, focus on profit, focus on selling and not serving, it is the root of evil. But when you do the first three steps, I just talked about in the brilliance framework we've been talking about over the last few weeks, God's gift back to you is to prosper you. Again, prosper means to succeed in an enterprise or activity, especially to achieve economic success. See, when you serve all the people that need you, it brings money back to you. But here's the thing I also want you to get. When you serve, when you make more money, you can serve more people. 
So it means I can hire a team to help me because I can't do it by myself. That means I can hire an assistant. I can hire some other coaches that work on my team. I can hire a whole accounting team. I can go on and on and all the people on my team. So when I make more money, I can do more good because I can then spread and scale and multiply my gift. Y'all get that? Now, even profit, let's talk about the word profit itself, because profit is not just about money. Listen, profit says in the dictionary, a valuable return, gain. And see, the people gain that need you. No matter what it is you do, if you're a health coach, all your clients gain from what you teach them. If you teach diversity and inclusion, all the companies that need you gain when you go in and do what you do. If you're a sales coach, I can go on. If you're a doctor, when the more people you serve, it's a gain. I, I, do I need to keep talking or y'all getting my point? <laughs> I need you to really understand this. So this is more than just making money. It's how do you really create gain in this world? So I thought for this conversation, uh, you know, this is a part one. We do a part two. <laughs> In this conversation, I wanted to talk about the three ways I want you to shift how you look at profit. And really, I'm going to say shift how you look at sales. Because when you are running a business, you've got to make money. After all, if you don't make money, your business is not successful, which means you're not serving people if you're not making money. But money shouldn't be your focus. So I'm going to challenge you and give you three ways to shift how you look at making money, how you look at profit in your business. You ready? Mm-hmm. Right? Y'all are writing some good comments. I can't pull it up over here. I don't know why. But anyway, so with that said, number one, sales. Now, I, I got this a couple years ago. I was doing this whole study. Listen, you guys, anytime I teach something, I study it because nine times out of ten, it bumped up against me. Listen, I was uncomfortable about sales. Many of you that have heard my story, I'll tell it probably toward the end of this episode. I lived in broke and broken in my business for years because sales just didn't feel good. You know, every time I thought of the word sales, you know what I thought of? How many times have you guys walked in a car dealership and there's a, a man or a woman that follows you all over the car dealership? It's like, leave me alone. I'll tell you when I need you. Or you walk in Nordstrom or any of your favorite stores and, and the salesperson is following you. It's like, bye, leave me alone. Stop trying to sell me. And then I hate when they pick up something that I'm not even looking for. It's like, girl, bye, go sit down somewhere. You're not helping me. I'll tell you when I need help. So that's why I think sales to me just felt so icky. Yeah, Renata said, yes, they're pushing, pushy and annoying. Yes, they really are. And that's why I think sales just felt so icky to me. So those of you that look at profit and it's icky and you don't know how to move it forward or you, you are comfortable in it, I'm going to give you three ways to shift how you look at it. You ready? Okay, number one, sales. Now, I did this study again. I said this a few minutes ago. And sales really means the transfer of enthusiasm. To sell is the transfer of enthusiasm. Listen, the word enthusiasm in is Greek origin. It means inspiration. So when you're selling something, you're transferring, transferring your enthusiasm of how you can move someone's life or business forward. Do you get that? If that's not the reason you're selling, then you're doing it for the wrong reason. Because in you providing the thing that you do, you're helping to gain someone else's business. Remember, profit means gain or someone else's life or you're profiting someone else's career. They're gaining from you. You get that? So if you shift and start to look at 
sales as a transfer of enthusiasm. Listen, in my when I studied this a couple years ago, it said this in my study that I was looking at. It said, when the early Christians saw someone convert to Christianity, they had no words to describe the overwhelming joy that followed. So they created a word out of two words, in and theos, which mean mean God within. In other words, it means to be so inspired, it's like God himself dwells within. That's good, right? So when you think about the fact that if God put you here on assignment, when you do that thing that you do and people are doing better, you're transferring your enthusiasm onto them. You're transferring your intellectual property and the way you can move them forward into their life or business, depending on what you do. Y'all get that? So it's a transfer of enthusiasm. Listen, I get so excited when I see people really get clear on their purpose and they start to see how all the ways they can make money from it. I get super excited about that. Do you know why? Because I know all the people that you will bless because you're clear. So that's transferring my enthusiasm, right? And some of my clients, y'all are here, you know, I get excited when you get excited, right? So number one, think of sales as a transfer of enthusiasm. That's number one. Okay. The second way I want to encourage you to shift the way you look at sales is sales is conversion. Okay. Hear me out now, right? Because we talk about converting, right? Especially my clients, y'all know I talk about converting. Listen, convert means to change. The Bible says in Proverbs 11:30, he who wins souls is wise. So I want you to really get this. When Jesus started looking for disciples, he was looking for fishers of men or women because he wanted to change, to shift people's lives. Is that not what you're doing when you're selling? When someone says yes and they work with you, you're converting, you're changing where they are to where they could be by the predictable result you offer for them. So if I use my, look, y'all, y'all that have been around me, you know, I've been using health for an example, because baby, I'm in a whole nother health uh, issue. <laughs> Welcome to menopause, right? And so my trainer, who was phenomenal, I just finished talking to her a few minutes ago, mind you, because things are happening in my body different than they've ever happened before, because menopause is a whole different monster. All of you that are under 50, don't say I didn't warn you. Don't say your big sister somewhere didn't warn you, because I'm telling you now. <laughs> And so the way that I'm exercising, the way that I'm eating, I have to shift how I eat. And let me tell you, sister girl likes to eat. So don't tell me what I can't eat. Tell me what I might need to cut back on. Tell me what I need to watch. But I have to think differently. But here's the thing. She's changing me for the better. And if I didn't pay her, that conversion wouldn't happen. Do y'all get that? And so when you start to really look at how you can shift and be clear on the result of the people that work with you, because people aren't signing up for motivation or inspiration, y'all. Those of you that are not clear in the predictable result that people get to, let me explain to you. A confused mind does not buy, which also means a confused mind doesn't change. It means a confused mind doesn't get enthusiasm. And so you're only enthusiastic when things are shifting in your life or business or career, right? So when people are confused, they won't see you as their answer. So therefore, they won't hire you, which means their life will never be transformed by what you do. And by you, if I say life, y'all, and you don't work with people's lives, roll with me and insert what you do there. So super important. This is really the foundation to why I teach what I teach, because you've got to understand that there are people that need you. When you get held up on a word, when you get held up on a process, or when your process isn't clear, no one will be converted and changed by you. No one will gain by the fruit that you bear with them. Mark 
6, 5, and 6 say this. And because of their unbelief, he couldn't do any miracles among them except to place his hands on a few sick people and heal them. And he was amazed at their unbelief. Do you know why people don't believe you? Listen, if you don't believe in your gift, why should anybody else? If you don't stand confident in who God created you to be, why should anybody else believe in what you could do? This is why the transfer of enthusiasm is so important and really understanding the change that your gift creates in this world is vital for you to be able to profit, not just for you, but profit the world, which moves us to number three. You've got to shift from selling to serving. You know, I was on a, a clubhouse and I think I said this a couple of weeks ago and this was maybe about a year ago. And a woman said to me, you know, Nicole, I created this program and because I saw so-and-so do it and she was successful, I saw so-and-so do it and he was successful and I saw this other person do it and they were making all kinds of money. So I did it too. And I'm not generating any money. See, she's focused on profit and not focused on serving. So even Jesus, look at, listen, do you guys remember the, what would Jesus do campaign that came out years ago? Now, if Jesus is our example, let me say this. Jesus said this in Luke 4, 18, when he said, why God brought him here. He said, he has sent me talking about God. This is Jesus talking, talking about God. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. All of us do those things. Let me read it one more time. To heal the brokenhearted. How many of y'all are personal development coaches? Do you heal the brokenhearted? To proclaim liberty to the captives. Listen, some of y'all are captives in corporate. And, and those of you that coach any kind of person around anything in corporate, hello, you're proclaiming liberty for that person because the sky is a limit for some people. But listen, when God created you, he didn't create you with a limit. Recovery of sight to the blind. Many of you can't see what's possible for you. So I would say a lot of what I do is recover sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who are oppressed. Now, here's the thing that's so interesting. The modern day church, I believe, is oppressed around this whole financial conversation. And so we, we somehow have this whole thought that we're supposed to struggle to serve via our gifts. I'm clear my business is my ministry. And many of you have heard my story. I'm going to repeat it here because I need you to get this. As I talk to you about this third piece, you need to shift from serving to sell, from selling to serving, but I say it backwards. <laughs> so I had this year, 28 years I've been in, in this business. So 17 years in, by then I had two divisions in my company. I had a for-profit, excuse me, I had a non-profit, let me say that one first, working with African-American teenage girls. It was faith-based. It was a program for girls in churches. I had 10 chapters in 10 churches in 10 cities throughout this country, and we were growing by leaps and bounds. In my for-profit, I had a 100% full coaching client roster. I couldn't coach any more highly skilled professionals to start or grow their businesses. And so I wrote my first book in 2010, hoping that that book would still bless those I couldn't take on as clients. But at the same time, it could be a fundraiser for my nonprofit. Well, listen, when that book came out is when I, my speaking career started because I started getting invitations to speak all over the country. And so I was doing a thing I knew I was born to do and I loved every minute of it. But I was only making $13,000 a year. I was broke, I was frustrated, I was ready to quit. And so I had an epiphany in that moment. And I'm making a long story short, y'all. 
And I, and I said, Lord, if this is you, you better show me something. To make a long story short, he led me on a path to an event, just like my event, Be The Answer. The only difference between my event and Be The Answer is that at the event I went to, there were so many speakers. So I didn't know how to put stuff together, which is one of the reasons why I do Be The Answer, because I didn't want you to be an overwhelm and not have the support to figure out how to pull the pieces together. But what happened in that room is I saw that I didn't know what I didn't know. <laughs> I hired my first coach in that after that room. She cost me 30000 I couldn't afford it, but I couldn't afford not to do it. So after my very first coaching lesson, and this is a story that some of you haven't heard, I remember her walking me through how to really profit from my gift. And, and, and in that moment, my blueprint was born, a blueprint that I now teach all my clients. Because when she said it, it was like the heavens opened up and I could see myself for the first time. I saw my gifts in ways I had never seen them before. And God started pouring stuff in, y'all. I was like, oh, my God, right? And so I remember, like, I think it might have been my second coaching call, hung up, and I got a call from a church. Now, y'all know I was already having issues about selling, which is why I call it an invitation, because the sales conversation still doesn't feel good to me, if I'm honest, because I don't sell, I serve, right? If it's not a good fit for you, I don't want you. I'm not saying that in a conceited way. Listen, because I'm not selling, I serve. And if it's not for me to serve, I'm not going to be greedy. There's somebody else out there that can serve you if it's not me. Okay? <laughs> I appreciate you, Renata. So with that said, y'all, I literally hung the phone from my coach and my phone rings. I'm like, answer the phone. It's a first lady from a church. I'm like, really, Lord? I just got this lesson. You're about to test me already. And she said she wanted me to come speak at their church. Now, before then, can I tell you, I used to go everywhere for free. I fly myself there. I put myself up. I speak. So I was broken because I was spending my own money. So she said, how much do, do you cost? I told her my speaking fee. She said, okay, do you want to stay at the Hilton or do you want to stay at the Marriott? I was like, what? Do you have a preferred airline? What? So when I hung up the phone, I was like, oh my God, I've been in my way. And here's what God said back to me. I need somebody to write this. Service and struggle should never coexist. Why would I give you a gift and want you to struggle to do it? Again, I say Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. See, I was all in harm. I wasn't in trust. I hadn't done the work to get clear. And I was frustrated, broke and broken because I was struggling to do this thing I'm called to do no more. All the things I'm teaching you are all the things that opened up for me in that moment that really helped me get clear, that really helped me see how I am the answer and how I'm meant to get paid for it. And so I really want you to get that too, right? So as we begin to wrap up, and really I want you to think about sales as a relationship. But think about what relationship means. Relationship is a relay. So when I'm inviting you to work with me, this becomes a relationship, one where we have a predictable result, one where we have agreed upon that end, that end from the beginning, one where I get to serve you from my brilliance. Because a sale is, is out of a greedy place, serve is out of a giving place, out of ministry place, out of a, I'm called to do this thing place. But when I serve, I should be paid for it. Okay. So it's not about gimmicks. It's not about, you know, the latest snazzy way to say things. This is why, you know, many of you that work with me, that have the pleasure to coach. This is why I have you get clear on your niche and be able to articulate the predictable result. Because it doesn't matter if I said, listen, when I was struggling in my business, can I tell you what I used to say is that I help women maximize their potential. 
yeah, that says nothing to no one. And not only that, I, I was limiting myself because I never said clearly what I did. Now I'm clear that I help highly skilled professionals create multiple streams of income from their God-given purpose. See, I serve men and women, but it's the people that already are at a job. It might have been a job you dreamed of, you wanted your whole life, and all of a sudden it doesn't, it's, it's no longer big enough for your gift. Or maybe you've already started your business and you're not seeing your revenue come in. And all it is is this, this correlation between the four-part series I've been walking you through, the brand's framework, and where you're stuck in between one of those four. And many people want to get to profit. But if you don't get the first three, you'll be held up and stuck in selling and not serving. What good is it for a man to profit the world and lose his whole soul, his own soul? Bible verse that just popped in my, in my head. Mm -hmm. So that's our conversation. So your purpose is to profit because it's the gain that you give back to the kingdom. See, God put us all here with DNA, distinct natural ability, certain gifts and talents so that you can be the answer to a group of people that need you. See, when you do that, that's bringing kingdom down to earth, y'all. We all have a piece of that. We all are part of that. We all have our own parts to play. We're going to stop here and take a quick commercial break and we'll be back for more. Are you ready to start or grow your purpose-focused business? Well, that's the exact reason I'm inviting you to join me at my virtual two-day intensive called Be The Answer. This is where I get to coach you and teach you in two days all you need to, number one, get clear your purpose, your niche, or even how your brilliance can and should produce your paycheck. Number two, how to stand out in the sea of people who do what you do and build a tribe that will buy. And number three, to create multiple streams of revenue in your business, but ultimately to position you to live as the highest and best version of who God created you to be. See, Be The Answer is an event where I give you the tools you need to create and sustain a business that you're passionate about, all while showing you how to generate multiple streams of income. Now, there are many conferences that give you a feel-good message and send you away feeling motivated and inspired, but once you get home, you realize that motivation and inspiration just isn't enough to catapult your business or your purpose forward. So, no, there will not be a bunch of speakers. It's me and you and a select few for the two days where I give you the step-by-step -step action you need to move your business into real profit right now. I can't wait to coach you and teach you in those two days at Be The Answer. Learn more and register at BeTheAnswerEvent.com. We've been in a four-part series. Today is part four, and it's really around my brilliance framework. And so if you've missed any parts of our conversations, I want to encourage you. There are a couple places you can go. One is go to my podcast, my FPP podcast, and it's fpppodcast.com. You can go get a great summary of each week there. So this week, as we start with the part two, our conversation for this week is your purpose is to profit. Your purpose is to profit. And again, this is the four, fourth part of my brain's framework, and that is what? Profit, right? <laughs> and so our foundational Bible verse is, again, Jeremiah 29, 11, that says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. So in the part one of our conversation, we dug into prosper, which means to succeed in an enterprise or activity, especially to achieve economic success. Now, I didn't write that. That's what Webster said. Okay. So here's what I want you to give for this second part of our conversation. 
If God has a specific purpose in mind when he created you in order to be able to walk out your purpose, you must profit. So listen, profit means, according to Webster, a valuable return gain. See, when you gain, you can give more. When you give a valuable return, think about all the people that need you. When you do what you do and they get to the other side of where they are right now because they've worked with you, that's a valuable return. That's actually how you profit the kingdom. You know, God was intentional when he created you. He knew exactly the way he would need you. He knew the gifts he was going to give you, the talents he was going to give you, and he knew who would need you. That's been our conversation as I've walked you through each of the four steps of the brilliance framework. So listen, everything God does or allows is with purpose. It's intentional. So, you know, I looked up the word intentional because y'all know I love to look up definitions, right? So Webster said intentional means an act or instance of determining some action or result, the end or objective, the end or object intention, purpose. In other words, nothing is ever accidental with God. He has a specific purpose in mind for everything. So as we talk about your purpose is to profit, listen, I, I have the pleasure of talking to so many people starting or growing their businesses. And I see people do whatever, whenever, however. And if you're going to get to the profit, and mind you, what does profit mean? Those of you that were with us for part one, again, profit means valuable return gain. I just said it a minute ago. So if you're going to actually gain for the kingdom, because ultimately when you're doing the thing that God called you to do, created you to do, you're gaining for the kingdom here on earth. If you're going to do that, you've got to be intentional. Mm -hmm. You can, again, you can't do whatever, whenever, however. So our conversation for this second part, I want to talk about the nine reasons businesses fail without strategy. <laughs> and I hear so many people that just do what they see other people do and they leave out why God created you in the first place. And when you do that, you're disqualifying yourself from your purpose. You're disqualifying yourself from why God put you here. You're disqualifying yourself from being the answer God created you to be. And you're disqualifying yourself from the prosperity that's attached to it. So as I walk you through these nine reasons, I want you to see where you might be kind of falling in one of these, because at some point, all of us are. I'm going to tell you where I have and sometimes still do. And I have to check myself before I wreck myself. Right. Y'all like how I do that, that term in there. <laughs> OK, here are the nine reasons businesses fail because they have no strategy, which means there is no intention involved. Number one, <clears throat> not understanding the environment. Or, or you're not focusing on results. So what I mean by environment is again, Genesis 2, 8, y'all hear me say this all the time, those that come here week after week, God created a garden with Adam in mind. The same way God created you with an arena he wanted you to dwell in, in mind. So if you don't understand that arena and the predictable result you serve in, you're just doing. You're just doing whatever, whenever. You're not focused on result and the profit that you give to other people. Cause you guys, again, no profit is more than money. Profit is gain. Y'all with me? So not understanding the environment. I hear so many people that don't understand who their ideal client is, which means you don't understand the environment. You're not everybody's answer. So when you're not everybody's answer and you're, you're serving the wrong people, they, you can't get them to the result. You're not equipped to do that. Listen, if God intended for you to serve everybody, he would have put you down here by yourself with everybody else. He didn't do that though. So stop being greedy and thinking that you're the only answer because you're not. And when you start to get clear, things shift in ways that are un, 
unbelievable. And I can say that in my own journey. So when I started, you guys have heard my story. This was me. I'm probably in a couple of these, by the way. This was me too. So I thought I served every woman from 17 to 70. That's what I used to say. Girl, bye. What's a 70-year-old got to do with a 70-year-old? What do they have in common? Nothing. (laughs) Except for maybe their last name or family heritage or something like that. And because I hadn't gotten clear, I was holding up people's answers. I was being stingy with transformation thinking I was every woman's answer, but I wasn't. So again, number one is not understanding the environment that you are meant to serve in or focusing on the result. And when I say focusing on the result, I need you to understand people come to you looking for a result. So it's like when you go to the doctor, if they give you a prescription, the result at the end of that prescription is that you feel better. You want to know that before you even take it. The second reason businesses fail without strategy is being committed to the wrong things. So there's a difference between being a practitioner and being a CEO. I'm going to say that one more time. There's a difference between being a practitioner and a CEO. See, a practitioner is just being a speaker. So you could be a speaker. And so many people come up to me and say, Nicole, I want to be a speaker. And I'm like, speak about what? Uh, I want to motivate people. That's not about, that's not the subject matter. That might be a, a result, but motivation and inspiration does nothing but give you hope. And hope without implementation is just hallucination. Because after a while, you can't just hope and hope and hope and hope and hope and not take any action. So a practitioner is me right now being a practitioner. But the CEO is the person that creates strategy in my business. That's overseeing the programs and my clients and my team and working toward a vision, toward a predictable result in everything I do. Practitioner is the person that's coaching and or speaking. So you need both pieces in your business if you're going to have a business. Otherwise, you don't have a business. You have probably community service. Uh huh. So you got to be committed to doing all the things you need to build a business that ultimately, listen, when you generate more money, the more people you get to serve y'all. But if you don't have strategy in place, then when you generate more money, you're spending it fraudulently or frivolously. I should say not fraudulently, frivolously. So you've got to be clear and focused and have strategy around that too. So you've got to understand the difference between CEO and practitioner. And can I be honest with you? I don't necessarily like being CEO. If I could just speak all day long, I would. But if I don't do the CEO, there's no business wrapped around me being a speaker or a coach. Okay. Number three, not having the right people involved, which speaks to the other piece I just said, right? Proverbs 15, 22 says without counsel, purposes are disappointed, but in the multitude of counselors, they are established. You've got to know that you don't have every answer. You just don't. I don't care how gifted you are. I don't care if you have a PhD. I don't care if you've been in your business for 30 years. You don't have every answer. So you've got to have a group of people around you. So like, for instance, Yolanda, who's up here with me, actually is on my team. She started as a client. Now she's on my team because as she was in our coaching groups, she has this whole gift for technology that I don't have. And I'm I'm cool with that. Why? Because I'm clear on what I am and what I'm not. And when you begin to see that God is putting people in your place that are strong where you're weak and vice versa, you've got to be willing to pull them in because together we serve on a whole nother level than separate. You also got to know when you need to grow and hire people to coach you and stop trying to Google your answers or go to every free thing because free is only going to give you so much. You reap what you sow. So if you're going to sow for free, your business won't grow. It'll grow as fast as far as you pour into it. 
And here's the thing. It's not necessarily for me about making money. Of course, I just said when you make more money, you serve more people. But ultimately, I said this in part one. It's about serving. So when you grow and you expand, I can serve more people. I can do more good in the world. So you've got to have the right people involved and the right people around you. There's a quote that says you are as uh, strong or something like that, that is the five people that are around you. So look at who's around you. Are they pouring into your, your gift? Are they pouring into you even? Listen, if you go to the bank and you withdraw, 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 withdraw money, at some point they're going to keep your card. Mm -hmm. They're going to keep your card because listen, you don't have anything you've deposited. So you need people that will deposit instead of just withdraw. Okay. So that's number three. You got to check who's around you because that will either help your strategy move forward or it will keep it from moving forward. Number four, you got to write the plan, but you got to not put it on the shelf. I hear so many people that work with a coach and then they hired me and said, well, it didn't work. Well, it worked, but you didn't work it. Or you didn't show up to your group calls or can I keep going? So it's one thing for you to get the strategy, but you've got to then implement it. It's like praying and praying and praying and praying, but you do nothing. You take no action. Prayer without works is dead. And so many people get strategy, but they do nothing with it. Sometimes it's because you're sitting in overwhelm. Sometimes it's because you don't know where to start and I can keep going. So if that's the case, then ask the question there. Again, you've got to be intentional. What's keeping you from moving it forward and ask the question. Stop being so focused on ego and how you look and start being focused on the result that you could get for the people that need you if you move past ego. Number six or number five, unwillingness and inability to change. Y'all, this was me for 17 years, okay? Because I kept thinking I should know how to do this. So I kept doing the same thing over and over, expecting a different result. And um, isn't that the definition of insanity in the dictionary? Uh, uh, yeah. So I wouldn't do anything to change. You know, some people say, well, this is just how I am. Okay, well, is that working for you? Obviously it's not or you wouldn't be where you are. Ooh, I said it. And I said that because 17 years, that was where I was stuck. Because I had a master's degree. I was teaching not even at an undergraduate level. I was teaching in graduate school as an adjunct professor. I was feeling myself a little bit and feeling myself and failing at the same time. How was that working for me? <laughs> it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't until I realized, listen, Nicole, baby, you need help. And I hired a coach. And my life hasn't been the same. Listen, now I'm always trying to hire somebody when I need help. Because I'm clear on what I am and clear on what I'm not. But you've got to be willing to grow. Listen, there's a Bible verse that talks about transform, right? It's uh, Romans 12, 2, and I can't think of it. Let me see if I can pull it up real quick. You've got to renew and transform your mind. I'm knowing Yolanda, she's pulling it up. So Yolanda, when you start, when you read that for me, uh, the reason I'm saying that is because God even talks about transforming. So if God is telling us that we got to transform, that means that we all have to be willing to change. Number six, ignoring marketplace facts and assumptions. Listen. You may be an expert and you may have expertise, but you do not understand your marketplace. I see so many people that say, well, I know, and then I know what they should do. But if you've not been that person, I don't care if you've been what they've been through. If you've been there, you're no longer there. So listen, if Jesus came down here and he did, and every example of Jesus, he is, he is literally hanging out with the tax collectors and, and the prostitutes. He's hanging in the street. He never thought himself as that he had arrived. He took the time to get to know and live among them. And that is how he began to, to really grow his ministry. It wasn't that he walked in and said, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm God's son, right? Hi, I'm Jesus. I'm God's son. 
<laughs> he never did that. But what he did when he lived among his people is he got to know the marketplace. He didn't sit in judgment. See, expertise in the marketplace you serve are two totally different lenses you got to look through. So your expertise is one lens, but you've also got to be able to look at and understand your marketplace. Number seven, no accountability or follow through. I'm going to leave that right there. I don't need to explain that, do I? Number eight, unrealistic goals or lack of focus. Let me explain this to you. I see so many people that shift with the wind. So today they might be a sales coach, but that's not working. And I see Letitia Nicole is a purpose coach. I'm going to be that. I'm going to do that. Or I see Yolanda being a a systems analyst. I'm going to do that. No, you got to stay committed to one thing. Seed time harvest. So when you, God plants the seed, you got to put in the time and water and water and water. And then you see the harvest. I just said earlier, you don't reap where you don't sow. So if you keep shifting where you're sowing, then you're not going to reap. Because if you keep shifting what you're sowing, if if I have A and I know that A is my purpose, but I shift to B. And B is because I saw somebody else being successful, so I shifted all the way to B. So I'm watering B. I'm not a watering A. Or if I am watering A and B, that means I'm, I'm cutting the water supply by 50%. Meaning that it's going to take a whole lot longer to reap anything. And then if I got A and B going, people are going to say, well, Nicole, do you work in A or do you work in B? I'm confused. And you guys have heard me say, those of you that are here week after week, you probably get ready to say it with me. A confused mind doesn't buy. So you got to stop doing things that are not in alignment with who you be. You've got to focus. And then as you focus, then you can set realistic goals. As you begin to get clear on your marketplace and who God has created you to be, you can set goals that are in alignment with your assignment. And then ultimately, number nine is needed in, a, in conjunction with everything I've said. You've got to follow God's direction. Listen, we call ourselves human beings, but we're not human doings. It's in your being that God speaks. It's when you have that, what I call Jesus time. I do my Jesus time in the morning and every day is something different. Some days I read a devotional. Some days I don't feel like reading a devotional. So I'm out here listening to spiritual music. Sometimes I just sit and pray. But whatever that is for you, you've got to have that being time so God can speak to your soul. Psalms 119, 133 says, direct my steps by your word and let no iniquity have dominion over me. But how's God going to direct your steps if you don't spend time with him? That's like me saying, how is my trainer going to tell me how to lose weight if I don't ever, ever talk to her and she don't ever tell me what to do? (laughs) Real issues, real talk, y'all. So that's literally our conversation. And I want you to really look at where are you stuck because this will keep you from having profit. Listen, when you plan, when you fail to plan, you plan to fail. And God created us to prosper, which is to make profit. And so if God created us to prosper, your purpose is meant to prosper, is meant to make profit, is meant to have a valuable return, to have a gain in this world. But you've got to look at where you are held up and your ability to gain. So with that, I want to hear from you. If you have questions, thoughts, comments, raise your hand. We'll bring you up. In the meantime, let's hear from Yolanda. Good morning. Good morning. My name is Yolanda and I am a system solutionist. I help women entrepreneurs create a back-end solution that allows them to make money and save time. Okay, first, as I was asked, Romans 12, 2, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect in the will of God. That's good. So y'all heard transform, right? I just want you to get that. 
renew your mind. I'm going to say this. I'm going to hush you a lot. Thank you for looking that up. I was like, if I try to look it up and talk, it's going to be a whole crazy. <laughs> it's all right. right? So listen, y'all. There's another Bible verse that says you can't put new wine in old wineskins. So the reason why God says renew your mind is grow. It's like get your life together and grow. That's really what that means. So every day we have an opportunity to stay where we are or to grow to the next. So the question is, what will you choose? So with that, I'll hush. Go ahead, Yolanda. No, that actually takes me to where I'm going, which is um, it's all about everything starts with your mindset. Um, it was some years back and Creflo Dollar had wrote a book and he started with, you know, your mind does this and this does this and this does this and it all leads to action. But it all starts in your mind. It was like seven steps. And so um, we have to make up in our mind what it is that we want to do. And the Bible often says in different places, don't um, don't don't let your emotions drive you. Use use some logic. Use some um, use some intelligence. Ask God what it is that you should do. Um, and we were talking about profit. And so I was looking it up because um, those of you who know me know I'm a preacher kid, and I had a lot of trouble at first with the whole tax collector. I used to call my daddy crying, and I had to learn the difference between good ones and bad ones. But anyway, um, I want to go to Psalm 37:4. It says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. A lot of people think that we want what we want and then we go and we ask God to help us with it. When in reality, as when we're in relationship with God and when we stay close to God, then he puts the desires in our heart. And if he puts something in your heart, he's going to allow you to fulfill it. So when he puts it in your heart and you offer it back to him, he's going to help you to fulfill it. Hence that quote that says, what God brings you to, he'll bring you through. And so trust and know that if God has given you a gift to do business, he wants you to be successful in that business. And part of success is making money. It is making a profit. And so it's our job to find time to be with him it's our job to accept the purpose that he's given us. And it's our job to be successful by using the tools that he's given us. And hence, he will open up the window and pour out a blessing. And that blessing can be in the form of, it is in the form of profit. As long as you don't get it confused with money. See, when you, you can't love money and love God. But you can pro when you profit, it's not just money. I profit because when I go to bed at night, I have a joy in my heart when I know that I've helped a client and they don't have to make that decision to close their business. Nicole feels joy when she's able to help somebody put together a blueprint and they're able to go out and help more people doing what they do. It's not just on a one-on-one -on -one basis. So find what it is that makes you happy and ask God to provide you profit according to what it is you're doing in the ways that you desire. And he'll do that. And that's all I had to say. So good. You know, the other thing is you were talking. And by the way, again, if you have a question or thought, raise your hand. We'd love to hear from you. Right. Happy to coach you, uh, share where you were stuck, what whatever is landing on your spirit this morning. The other thing that as you were sharing, what dropped in my spirit is you can't rush the process either. I think so many people want to get to profit. So they skip steps. And when you skip steps, what happens is you might profit, you have a microwave business, right? Meaning that it might be ready in 20 seconds, 
But nine times out of ten, how many of you guys have taken something out of the freezer, put the thing in the microwave, and it's cooked, looks like it's cooked on the outside, but then you bite it and it's so cold on the inside? Well, that's what happens with your business. It looks good on the outside, but then when you start to dig into the layers and people start to enroll, all of a sudden it just starts to dissipate and fall apart. It's because you didn't do the work to make it sustainable. And it's only because you're focused on money instead of focused on learning why God created you and creating it in a way that's long-term and sustainable. I cannot say this enough. I see so many people that come to me, by the way, this is why I failed for 17 years, y'all. So that's why I'm passionate about it. Cause I don't want it to take 17 years for you. I don't, I don't want it to take 17 months, right? <laughs> but if you don't get this and you rush it, you have to go back and start all over. So then it takes you double the time. Instead of you getting clear and allowing God to show you with intent why he created you and then getting in alignment with it. The thing that I think is so hard is that because we do what we do and nine times out of 10, we don't know the value that is in our DNA, our distinct natural ability. We don't know it because it's not valuable to you because it ain't for you. So you, we all overlook it. Dare I say media is here. Um, and so I'm about to use media for an example. Love you. Didn't ask permission. So I'm glad I can't hear her voice. So media is on the DC nursing board, powerful nurse running her department at the hospital, but it's calls from other hospitals about programs. And she was giving her DNA away for free. And because it's easy for her, she didn't see that she has a $10 million. She has $10 million brilliance inside of her, right? More than that. Millions of dollars of brilliance inside of her. I bet you the next time somebody called me, didn't get out of the way for free. Mm -hmm, I know you didn't, girl. But it's again, we do this because we're on autopilot. And mind you, media and I were at dinner. She was sharing because she was so excited that she helped this hospital. And I said, and, and what did you charge him? And she looked at me like, uh, yeah, uh-uh. But again, what happens is she gave her time. She gave her valuable expertise away for free. And that person is benefiting, but she isn't. And when she benefits, it allows her to grow her business in ways that she didn't even see what was possible. Matter of fact, I don't even think you had a business yet, Meaty, but she does now. Hello. So with that, anything else you want to add, Yolanda, before we close? <clears throat> yeah, I just, sometimes you just stumble on a Bible verse. Um, Deuteronomy 8, 18. It says, and you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. But when they say things and they say God said it in the Old Testament, like for some reason for me, it just have more weight because people want to say in the New Testament, you know, he's kinder and gentler. It never says 10% for your tithes in the New Testament stuff. So when he say it in the Old Testament too, it, it just gives it even more weight. So the fact that in the Old Testament, in Deuteronomy of all places, um, it says that he gives you power to get wealth. Power means that you're doing something. You have some knowledge and you're activating it. So if you're taking that gift that he gave you and you're using it and that brings you wealth, that's what he desired. That's what it said. It, it, it's a covenant. That means it's a promise he made us. That's all. That just had me shocked. So deep. Wait, so I just looked this up. So you guys that are here with me with us every week, you know, I have my commentary here, my commentary Bible. Right. So I looked this up. Listen, this is what it says in the commentary. OK, to counter arrogance, Moses made one of the greatest statements of kingdom economics. Remember that Lord, your God gives you the power to gain wealth. In other words, God gives the ability and opportunity necessary for gaining wealth. And he does so with a, with a specific goal of preparing people to fulfill his kingdom purposes, which includes being a blessing to others. 
God doesn't give us wealth just so that we can lavish it on ourselves. Hello, to separate wealth from God. In fact, it is a travesty because prosperity is intrinsic. I don't know what that word is tied to his kingdom agenda for his people. Woo! So good. Thank you for that. Yolanda. Look, I, I love looking up stuff in the commentary because it just brings it to life. So I need y'all to get this. It's exactly what we've been talking about. The God gives you purpose in order to bless other people. But the more you do, the more you make, the more good you could do in the world. Good morning, Miss Letitia Nicole. Good morning. Good morning. And I want to thank you for this space and this place and the way you just stirred my spirit on today. Um, yes. Hey, everybody, I'm going to be real quick um, because as you were speaking about, you know, we're giving our gifts away and how we sometimes don't even recognize that it is the gift. Right. And so as you were speaking, I was thinking about all the times that I was working in nursing homes as a nursing home administrator and how other companies would call me to come and set their regulations up. Right. And I would just be OK with an hourly rates. Wait, sometime I wouldn't even know um, what to charge. And they'll say, well, do you want a 1099 or uh, um, or, or um, a W-2? And I was so quick back then. Oh, a W-2 is fine because I didn't understand about the 1099. Come on. I need you all to hear me. And I didn't understand that I was being equipped for my own. I'm going somewhere with this. See, I was getting weary and worn by working for other people. And then I started to kind of um, complain about my training day. I was kind I was complaining almost will remind you about, about the children of Israel when they would see receiving manna and quail. They was complaining about eating. Um, but I was complaining about learning. I was complaining about being pulled to and fro because I didn't understand that that was my purpose and the plan that God had for me. So now years and years later, praise God, I am now, you know, a owner of a of, of my own 120 bed um, um, assisted living facility. I, I didn't understand God was preparing me all of these years as a CNA, then an LPN, then an RN, then a nursing home administrator. You know, I, I didn't understand why it was so hard for me. I didn't understand why I didn't see the gift that I had um, that he that he gave me, but he gave me the power to get wealth. And so when you were saying when we're working in our gift, we get more profit, we profit. Right. And so just this morning alone, Nicole, let me tell you, just this morning alone, I signed 27 checks for my employees. This is the second time I'm going to do that. And, and, and so I am a solution. God made me a solution. And, 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 and we are able to feed people and to help clothe people. And we're able to employ people. And, and by me being an RN, I'm able to help people be med techs and PCAs. So I'm seeing my gifts and I'm understanding that this is not it. But I want to tell you this. This was the first I told my husband, I said, and I don't say this. I'm not bragging and we got to get out of that. We got to learn how to to tell the testimony. See, I, I was I remember that I was so happy one time making 60, 70 and 80 thousand dollars a year. But now I'm making it a month. Come on. Come on. I'm, I'm done. I, do, I just look, need you to on fire. Keep going. Keep going. 
and purpose. I know I'm a I'm a preacher, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna end this. When you're in alignment and you're in position for a strategy, God will download that strategy into you, and 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 you're able then to profit. But when you're out of alignment and out of position, you will lose money, and that's how you can do an assessment where you are. Thank you for this space and place. I love you, sis. Girl, thank you. Love you too, girl. Listen, what she was talking, she reminded me of is this. I'm not going to tell this whole story because we try to end at nine. We're going to go over because Meaty's up uh, and I want y'all to get this. So David, y'all that don't know the story of David, David, who David and Goliath, we heard about, you know, we hear all these David stories in the Bible, but way before David and Goliath, there was a, a prophet. I believe it was Elisha. I might say the wrong names, but the story will not be wrong. And, and God told Elisha, look, Saul is not supposed to be king. It ain't him. So I need you to go find who is who is to be next. So he sends him to Jesse's house. Jesse is David's father. David has seven brothers, right? And it's eight boys. So David's father says, okay, look at this son. Look at this son. He, he discounted David. He wasn't even thinking about David. David was out tending to the shepherd, to, to the sheep. He was a shepherd, hello. Tending to the sheep. He, they had to call David in because um, the, the, the prophet kept saying, it's not, it's, no, it's not him. No, it's not him. No, it's not him. He brought David in from the field. Now, trust y'all, he may have to have stank because he was out in the field. Y'all imagine no deodorant back then. Oh, Lord Jesus, right? <laughs> He's out in the heat watching the sheep. And I don't think they wore, at least in the pictures that we see, I don't see short clothing. So that stuff, they were look hot to me. Okay, anyway, let me focus. So he comes in and, and the prophet says, it is him. But then where does David go? He didn't go get sit on the throne and get and get get his crown. No, he goes back into the, into the, field to shepherd his sheep. So my question to you is, will you do what it takes to develop before you get to your crown, to get to your throne? So you've got to be willing to shepherd the sheep with the king's anointing. No, it ain't your time yet. The reason Letitia's story speaks to that is all the things she went through developed her to now have her own. And I'm sure this ain't the first house she's going to have, girl, I'm just saying. So I want y'all to get this. If she didn't take the time to develop when she wanted to quit, many of you guys are in development. And so you get into a, a place where you're working with the coach or you're in, in a business or in a place that God is using it to develop you. And you've got to sit long enough to learn the lessons so you can grow from that place so that you can be ready when it's time to sit on your throne. Because if you ain't ready to sit on your throne, like Saul, God will say, mm -mm, it ain't him. And Saul eventually got killed y'all. Okay. I need you to get that. So if you don't take the time to develop you, your gift will never fully get to be activated the way that God has intended for you. Good morning, Miss Meady. Good morning, Nicole. Good morning, Yolanda and Letitia. So great to be here this morning. Um, I am sitting here trying to, to vigorously write so many of these amazing nuggets that have been shared as I'm at work this morning. And I just wanted to add something uh, to, to add a little value to N Nicole is I'm reminded of uh, the scripture of Luke 638 that says, give and you will receive and it will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more running over and pouring into your lap. And so so what I've learned, um, and Yolanda, you really struck a chord with me that people need to understand that that abundance isn't necessarily always money, but God does want us to prosper and he said to prosper and to be in good health. And so as you alluded to earlier, Nicole, being a nurse and in my own profession, that the greatest wealth asset we have is our health. And I really want everybody to realize how important it is to share your gift, how important it is to let people know, because the Bible says your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together, running over 
over that you won't even have enough to keep it in your own lap. And so I think it's important for us to realize and recognize to just be you, be the best version of you, be prepared, be respectful, be yourself, be honest, you know, be willing, be approachable, be confident, be in alignment and be about your assignment that God has given you. Because when you do that, you will attract your abundance, right? You will seek sustainability. You will be able to pursue your purpose. You will be able to gravitate towards goodness. Your influence will then allow you to have meaningful and lasting impact. And so that's all I wanted to share that just give and God will give it back to you. Don't hold on to it like the, the parable of the man, the three men with the talents, one that just buried his and kept it, the other that only gave half and the other that uh, gave the rest. And God really truly blessed him for going and walking out on faith. So have an amazing day. Thank you for allowing me to share, Nicole. Thank you, Vicky. I thought media was going to call me out because I used you for an example. So, and, and she is a testament because she's so brilliant and people pick her brain all the time. And here's the thing I want you guys to get. The same parable she just used, the guy that out of the parable of the tenses, Matthew 25, y'all that want to read it, right? Literally put the, his talent in the ground. The other two, what did they do? They invested. So my question to you is, will you invest? Will you invest what it takes to grow your gift? Will you take the time, talent, and treasure you need to move your gift past where you already are? That's great. Your resume, your bio is done. But what's next for you so you can go after the transformation that you need to grow to your next level? Thank you for joining us for today's episode of the Faith Purpose Profit Podcast. Now I want you to walk away from these episodes with value. So I want you to write down the answers to one of these questions. Number one, what was your greatest takeaway? Number two, what will you do different as a result of what you heard? You may have heard something you've heard before, or you may have learned something new. Either way, don't take the insight that you got for granted. I want you to commit to doing one thing different as a result of what you heard. And then I want you to share it. Share your takeaways in our Facebook group. Go to thebrilliancetribe.com and use the hashtag FPP podcast. Now, the last thing I want to ask you to do, if you got any value out of this episode is to share it with your community. Post it on social media. Tell people to join our conversation by going to fpppodcast.com. Now, until the next time, be extraordinary, be unapologetic, be bodaciously all that God created you to be as you connect your faith with purpose so that as you be the answer you were born to be in this world, God can give you the profit you deserve as a gift for a job well done.